You ready? I, I think so. Uh, you're listening to Public Announcement. I'm Chris Black. And I'm James Ellis. Wait, hold on a second. I don't... This thing's not uh, working quite right. Uh... Okay, okay, all right, all right. Now we're good. So, uh, how's everybody doing? Good, I hope. We've got to be doing better, I think. 2017's behind us. Yeah. 2017. Ugh. Ugh. Brutal year, that. Really, both 16 and 17 were, um... Not my personal favorites. Those two really uh, cast a pall. It's a good way of putting it. Over the holidays, everyone I saw was like, yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Let's wrap this shit up. No one approved of last year. No. No one. No. Not even new parents. I mean, every day with the news. Bleak. Bereft of hope. Every day. I wake up hoping for a better timeline. Same. But this is a new year. Mm. A new Chris. A new pod. 2018. We're turning the franchise around. It's a rebuilding year. You can, like, feel a sparkle in the air. America's coming back. We're back, baby. What's Gucci? And we're back with a new pod. New pod for your head, Tom. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Sun's out. These new AirPods are fire. You like them, huh? They're only the future of audio. Oh, oh, wow. But look, let's stop fucking around. Uh, it's time to actually start the show. I'm ready. Uh, you're listening to Public Announcement. I'm Chris Black. And I'm Jane Zellis. So, where to actually start the show? Um, this episode is a call to the listenership for an audio editor. Mm. We're looking for someone that wants to join the team, or at least someone that wants to be in the band, if you will, because I, I would describe podcasting like playing in a band. Like, like, we need a drummer. That's what an editor is, sort of. Oh, oh, wow. I just like the band metaphor. It works. That's just how I see the podcast anyway. Can you just remind me quickly of your theory on great bands? That great bands love practice. Sure. Like not practice as homework. I'm saying that great bands like getting in the room together, playing music. Yeah. Which is a strange thing to do, like if you think about it. A New York City practice space smells awful. I mean, why, why would you ever <laughs> want to go there? It's very stinky. But my point is, well, like I'll ask it this way. How often do adults engage in group projects, particularly projects that don't involve an obvious commercial element? I mean, look, some people like taking French classes. Yeah, uh, me and Aaron took French classes years ago. It was uh, really, uh, really, really lovely. Oh, I imagine. But that's different, like similar, but different. Like if you're taking French classes, that's like going to school. You're working a syllabus or whatever, like just stuffing new information into your brain. Oh, excuse me. You're learning, not crafting an quote, original work, unquote, as we do here on this right. podcast. Right. Like a group of adults engaging in a creative project is just 
unusual. That's what I'm saying. And according to you, an aging rocker, so you obviously know, great bands recognize this. Great bands on some level are propelled by the fact that they like getting in the room together. Like They like getting in the room with these other people simply to play music. You like doing it so much, you're... Compelled to do it. Yes, because most of the time, that's all you're doing. You're just playing music. You know, you're in a shitty Brooklyn practice space, the garage, the stud, whatever. The only other reason you get together is to, like, suffer in the van, hauling all your bullshit around, asking people at bars to uh, listen to your creative work. So you want to be recognized for your content. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a kind of compulsion. Like, the whole thing on some level just makes you feel good like, like our pod makes you personally feel good sure <laughs> or at least you feel dare i say compelled as an artiste to produce our premium general interest podcast yeah uh but i i have my eye on on new horizons bro same how else are we going to take on you know all these other projects i agree that's why we need an editor and not just like some hired gun. We want someone new to join the band? Yeah, well, you know, they'd be more of like a, uh, I guess it's more of like a session musician, you know, at least to start, you know, but who knows? Like maybe we'd like more formally invite them to join the team, you know? Hmm. hmm. A growth opportunity. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Interesting. A session musician. A session editor. So they play on the record. Yeah. Maybe do a tour. And then we just see what happens. Exactly. Like that's this whole show. That's this whole episode. Like I think it'll be pretty easy like we'll just talk about what we're looking for in terms of help all that stuff you know and we'll just see who bites help wanted perfect help wanted Woo. that's the title hell yeah that's it i mean that's what this whole show's about you know what time it is baby and that's the damn edit point we'll cut to a song there you rock let's fucking go <laughs> You're listening to Public Announcement. I'm Chris Black. And I'm James Ellis. So yeah, we want to find an editor, an aspiring podcast editor, you know, and not just for our podcast. Look, man, obviously public announcement is the big ticket. Everyone listening, the global listenership, everyone deep down would like to edit. And, and I mean, do you know what? Dare I say, produce a top line podcast like ours. Sure. You know, we're also talking about, I don't want to skip over this. We're also talking about commercial work. Dollars that make sense. That's true. There are just so many pods that need high-level cultural editing. It's honestly what the world wants. Sure. Right. That's what we're looking for. An editor that understands the brand. That understands hard cuts brutal editing it should be arresting you'd think that podcast editing would be more interesting by now but everyone seems a bit tentative like particularly when it comes to the use of music it's usually so boring to me like if you're going to use music be interesting you know, dazzle me at least get my attention otherwise leave it out of me <laughs> and when i say brutal editing i don't mean like in the more professional style true i mean it's strange because we're sort of between two worlds uh th this show isn't something from the public radio world you know all the all the shows that are heavily edited uh radio lab this american life all the gimlet shit no no we're, we're not that like we're more pro-am um because you know in general we're 
you know, more fiddling around over here. Yeah, I mean, the, the general interest nature of the show does uh, combined with the heavy edit. And, and the lawless, unruly nature. Yes, taken together, it does obviously put us in a more rarefied era. Mm. Like, no one sounds like us. No. And, you know, actually... I think we should stop talking about this because we don't want to encourage anyone to try to mimic the work. Yeah, I'd be delighted to hear someone try to – well, I mean, yeah, like, you know, nobody can hang with our stuff. You know, but we want to find an editor that understands the brand and is actually interested in the work. I know you and I are in agreement on this, and my whole professional life has been built on working with people that want to work with me. That's just the whole thing. Uh, so I'm quite hesitant to just pick someone that rambles by. Yeah, I, I understand. When people talk to me about the show, a lot of the time they talk about the music, the drops, all the you know signature wacky bullshit, the speed, all of it. The people do fuck with the campaign. So I'm sure we'll find someone interested in working with us or, as you said, fucking with the campaign. That, that's not my thing, uh, by the way. Broadcasting that I'm looking for help with anything. Because that's part of what people come to you for. And is in a way like like that's what you sell right and you know i'm very hesitant to pollute the timeline oh i know same so i agree we want help with the pod and podcasting projects in general yeah so that's where we explain to 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 you the listener that it is now finally your turn to do something for public announcement mm. if you're an audio editor and you already know that you're the person for the job go ahead and hit pause Visit our contact page and send us an email expressing your interest in working with the public announcement production team. Email, huh? Yeah. Don't add him. Definitely don't add me. You can add me, though. Like my, my DMs aren't... No, uh, no. Do not add him either. They can email us. Don't add either of us unless you understand the platform. Look, they can add the pod on whatever bullshit, but sure. I'm, I'm actually very out here, so let me steer this aspect of this. Come on out here. Yeah, how out? I mean, you're not, you know, verified. Uh, you're a regular user Do of the Do not platform. wind me up with this shit, motherfucker. <laughs> you play drums in a band. I'm on Twitter. That's where I keep it pure. Do you know what I mean, mate? Why aren't you verified? Why not? Oh, my God. Well, I mean. Fine, 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 fine. I, I'm just saying, I think I can fuck with you a little bit on occasion, just fine, light fine, work. Fine. I mean, look, I, I'm okay talking about it. And it's true that I enjoy learning about and discussing the Twitter.com verification process. Uh, would it feel good to be verified? Sure, sure. But I'm way past that, bro. Huh? I'm on the other side. Have I, have I not, I'm sorry, have I not told you? Uh, no. At this point, if I'm verified with less than 100,000 followers, that would be... What? Disappointing, <laughs> and that well, and that would be pure follows. Like I know you don't fuck with bots. The brand has been pure from the jump. How dare you? I know, I know. It, anytime a bot even fucks with the campaign, you know. Look, it, look, look. I've got some damn bots. Everyone does. That's that's just you know, sadly, part of the platform. But they aren't my bots. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? I completely understand. I'm a platform purist, and I've come to terms with what that means. Uh, you know, I don't have a big brand email address, so the bar has been raised. Mm. The purely personal brand has to be that strong, which I, more than anyone, appreciate. Sure. And I feel the community would agree with me on this hot-button issue. The fact that my little rock band is verified is Your just brand awful, is 27 motherfucking followers. <laughs> I think it's that and like another zero, but it's true. Like no one no one bothers with us on Twitter. I actually think I understand what happened there, which, which in a way, uh, you know, it reinforces my whole quote, verification worldview, unquote. <laughs> your band, your current day band, hence, had a PR person on the payroll a couple years ago. And and what was her, what was her name? She's, uh, it's Wolfie, uh, 
Well, Kelly McClure. She's also a writer. She actually might be more of a writer than a PR person. I'm not I'm not really sure. So she's probably verified. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, I would guess. She probably emailed the plug at Twitter to flip the switch for hints since she was doing your PR. It's very simple. Yeah, maybe. And that's what any respectable PR person would do for you. She's respectable. I mean, that sounds very reasonable. That, by the way, is what being the plug is all about. The person at Twitter that clicks the button loves being the plug. You know what I mean? Oh, they do. I'm sure. And and they and they should. You know, it'd be a shame to have that job at Twitter and not at least appreciate the authority you possess as a global arbiter of identity. With a click of a button, you could more officially, anyway, be the Chris Black. Oh, hell yeah. And you know what? I think you do deserve that. Correct. But, you know, for me personally, I kind of appreciate the top line uh, James Ellis out there. He's um, at James Ellis three, I think, on Twitter. He's this fitness model, like heavily shredded, fully ripped fuel, been on the cover of Muscle and Performance multiple times, Men's Fitness. Wow, wow, this guy is it. He lives in LA, but you can find him at jamesellisfit.com. I'm gonna update my bookmarks right now. I just like keeping up with James Ellis, you know, seeing what he's up to. Like, I, I think he's our age. His about page is a pretty good, like he tells a, like a little story about moving to LA from Idaho or Indiana or one of those, you know. Welcome to Hollywood. And I feel like lately, like he's rebranded slightly from like male model slash maybe actor in the like super jacked space to more of a like inspirational, religious, spiritual person. Like that's also still shredded. Oh, cool. A classic pivot. Cool. Like, he's putting up major numbers on the, like, well, both like the weightlifting. And with God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, what about followers? What kind of numbers are we looking at? I think like maybe 30,000. And is he verified? You know, I don't know. I, uh, hold on. Let me check here. I bet he isn't. But you know what? We'll add this out if I'm wrong. At James Ellis 3, like he also posts like uh, inspirational messages uh, on Twitter. That's kind of my favorite thing. It's like sort of self-helpy, new agey, mm-hmm. magical thinking kind of vibe, you know, that's so hot now. Like, like what? I need more. Uh, well, hold on. Let me see what I can find here. All right, here, here we go. Here we go. Uh, here's a tweet. It's a little dated. Uh, this is a good one. Um, At James Ellis 3, October 16th. It's, a, it's an image of clouds looking into the sky or I guess space, maybe um, a picture of clouds with the following message uh, in the middle, like centered. Um, there may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Just think about that. Let me give it to you one more time. There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Like, what does that mean? Uh, you know, nobody knows. Nobody knows. So this is inspirational, or is it a religious thing? What was it again? That you're in pain at nighttime, but in the morning you're all good. Well, yeah, there, there may be pain in the night, but joy, I guess, that comes in the morning. That seems a little backwards to me. Uh, I mean, with drugs, for example, you're not in pain at night, and in the morning you're never feeling joy. Well, then I think James Ellis 3 got it backwards. Sorry, James, uh, to call you out on that error. Sorry. But yeah, that's like one example of a at James Ellis 3 inspirational message. Otherwise, the timeline is mostly like shots of him ripping it down in the gym and, you know, like cool, uh, like cool Christian stuff. But, but honestly, like he's kind of inspirational. Like if I had maybe a different haircut, then blasted it down nine to five, like I think I could do it. Like I, I'm attractive enough, I think. I think so, too. Like I'm six foot, 180 right now. But if I made it like my business, I think I could mass up, you know, get like very brutal. Oh, oh, for sure. Maybe try contact lenses, you know, just look, like look, change look. it up, like full body look, bod. Look, I think you could do it. Oh, and like while we're on the subject, though, like 
James Ellis, if you're listening, you know, this is a standing invitation to join us here on the pod. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, for the record, it's very much an open invitation, James Ellis. Uh, we're ready for your original origin story. And not just that, but James, I'd like to be clear that like while it may sound uh, like we're making fun, you know, like I truly think you're, you know, an interesting character. Like I have something to aspire to as a James Ellis, you know, you and I are clearly different people, but like if we were the same kind of guy, like it wouldn't be that interesting. Like it'd be weird. So mm, yeah, yeah. Two James separated at birth. Mm. I remember how Oprah uh, would sometimes have like a show where there'd be like two twins separated at birth, but like both ended up being named Gary or something. And they both married ladies named Julie or you know, they both work as corporate accountants. Yeah. It's and like, they probably both drove like a silver Taurus. That's so cool. Yeah. It's very cool. But yeah. Uh, yeah what are we talking about again? Uh, I'm sorry. Oprah. Oprah. Oprah, Oprah, you and Hollywood James Ellis twins separated. Oh, right. we were birth. talking about Twitter identity verification. Yes, exactly. So, so I bet your PR person emailed the Twitter plug and got hints verified with like twenty six followers. Sure, yeah. Back when artist outreach was probably on the product roadmap or whatever. Yeah, probably. And look, look, look. I hope everyone understands the real heads aren't on the Twitter roadmap. We bought the product quite a long time ago. <laughs> Twitter does not care about making us happy. Because you know what? We're already happy. So you're saying like at 100,000 followers, the personal brand would tip the scales. I mean, I like, I just don't need, you know, to be verified until I have like a <laughs> because it's obviously I feel compelled to participate in a very pure capacity. Yeah, you feel called to the platform. Yes, yes. You want to be recognized for your content. First of all, fuck you. That's number one. But moreover, number two, one day, one day, there's going to be a whole show about Twitter, and I'll fully educate you, educate the <laughs> listenership on how Twitter works oh, globally. Okay, well, all right, wow. All right. <laughs> today, today, as we sit now, I'm just saying email us if you're interested in editing the podcast and, and other podcasts. But Yeah, but uh, maybe don't hit pause, though, like if, uh, if you're interested, because like I don't say that just to keep you listening, but because we should note our requirements first, um, meaning like the qualifications we're looking for, because, you know, not everyone's going to make. Actually, you know, yeah, yeah, he's right. Not everyone is going to make the cut. So keep listening before you email. Thank you. Thank you. So what are we talking about? The, the requirements? No, well, I was going to tell like a little story, maybe get, the, you know, our perspectives. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. A little more jazz. Got it. I got it. Please so, proceed. Uh, well, this whole thing has me thinking, of course, about what the right kind of person might be you know the person that would be a good fit for all this editing work and you know what station in life are they at and of course i keep going back to my own time as a 19 year old that had just showed up in new york didn't really know anything didn't have anything but i i knew i could do web stuff i knew i could do web design build websites that kind of thing just because that had been an interest of mine and I stumble upon this little design boutique, Olive Media. Hell yeah. Olive was run by these two guys, Bob Troya and Steve Fritz. And they had started their own little boutique. They were doing a bunch of cool websites, brand projects. It was early 2000s. This is 2002. And I was really into their website. I was really into their work. They were funny. And I had kind of decided, these are the people I'm going to work with. And I managed to weasel my way into their office and get a face-to-face -face with Steve Fritz and explain, like, here's who I am, here's my whole thing. I would really, really like to work with you. You want to work. And fortunately for me, I think he had the, uh, the strength of character to um, hire a 19-year-old high school dropout. He opened his heart. 
like, I think he got a kick out of it, you know. Well, sure, of course. But I've always remembered how it felt working in those early years. Like, it was tremendously satisfying because I was learning everything. Those were my college years. Right, right. I was learning how to do commercial design work in New York City. And that was very different than my experience working at a little printing company in Conyers, Georgia. But yeah, like that's my fantasy to find some young person that loves audio, loves podcasts, and you know would be delighted working with us, like on this show and other projects. Because you know, of course, like you want to make money and further your own dreams and careers and life goals and you know all that stuff within like within what will probably ultimately be a finite yet infinitely beautiful period. <laughs> yeah, where you work closely with the public announcement production team, which will inevitably have a massively formative impact on your entire <laughs> life moving forward. Oh, man. That was, uh, <laughs> I sort of missed what you said there. But I, I think that was inspiring, yeah. You know, I don't quite remember either. I was just, you know, I was just riffing the wild sort of things that you say. Uh, but, but I think the sentiment was, you know, it'd be a cool gig. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, like, I feel confident. This is like a point in the show where like we'd be speaking on top of a, you know, some kind of music bed, like something like a, like a dumb, like fish out of water sound. Yeah, hell yeah, let's go. Like you're new to New York, you're from the farm. You're from space. You grew up like a, a Mormon. Yeah, so I'm guessing Crocodile Dundee soundtrack. We <laughs> oui, oui. Yeah. Welcome to Hollywood. I'm betting there's like a young whippersnapper out there, like someone that listens with a certain focus. And um, and I appreciate that. I mean, we celebrate that. I truly think we could be speaking to you, you know, maybe, just maybe. You love this fiddly editing. You know, you're an audio nerd of some measure already. You know about EQ and compression. You actually don't need to know about compressors. I mean, like you should, but uh, like what you should have is a real affinity for audio, audio editing and definitely for editing podcast dialogue. For some time now, like, I feel like dialogue editing has been the domain of video people. Like, whereas radio has been more focused on like, the live broadcasts of things for a long, long time. So like, with podcasting exploding, it seems like everyone's sort of scrambling a bit to find competent audio editors that are actually podcast people. Yes, not EDM producers who edit audio on the side. And again, there's a lot of video folks that understand how to edit a human for video, like how to hide the cuts and B-roll, all that stuff. But like, that's not the same as an audio person, at least in my experience. So I don't know about them, like a video person getting too deep with pod work. Like my feeling is that video folks would do well staying in that lane. Just stick with video. No need to pivot. Exactly. I'm more talking about the person that's perhaps uh, one part musician. And also a real podcast nerd, like, like less public radio, more pure podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Pure podcasting. I guess I like that in a way because I'm okay working with someone so young that they like, they can't really recall what it meant to have a radio show because the contemporary podcasting is definitely its own world. And we're already hung up enough on the 90s. Like, I, I'd rather work with a young skip that doesn't really even care about that stuff. Rather, they should care about things that me and you have no idea about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then let's be honest. You know, if you're a young person, if you're 19 years old right now, you, you were born in... 1998. Like, for you, radio is just a part of America's history. You don't actually know anything about it. Remember, uh, like, on the last episode, like, where we played Snapcase and uh, Hatebreed, People really uh, appreciated those tracks, by the way. Of course they did. Anyway, like a 19-year-old person didn't even exist when those records came out. Yeah, I mean, 1998 is like 
Windows 98 era. We were probably clicking surfing at like 28.8. You know? Hell no. 56K <laughs> on this side, baby. Gary Black did not fuck with any 28.8, any 33.6, none of that. Yeah, well, probably 56K by 98. When did when did Wi-Fi first start really popping? I don't know if it was popping, but I mean, for sure Wi-Fi existed in 98. Yeah, imagine only existing in a time when Wi-Fi was popping. Yeah, yeah. And when was radio started? The, the 20s? Maybe earlier. Uh, maybe World War One. So radio was very strong for I don't know. Let's let's say eighty years. Yeah, that, that's a lot of history, man. <laughs> a, a lot of content being recognized, and it was just flying through the damn air. It, it's no surprise to me that when the internet went airborne, radio was over. Yeah. Wow. And when did uh, legendary MTV VJ Adam Curry invent podcasting? Let's see. Uh post iPod, of course. Uh, you, you don't know the year? Hold on. Just, uh, early odds? Uh, let's see. Well, I got my first iPod as a bonus at maybe 20 or 21. So that's 04-ish. But other people already had iPod. I don't know. I'm sorry. Did I just stump you on podcasting? <laughs> no, 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 no. What's I, wrong with you? Uh, Do you need a coffee? A matcha? <laughs> let's see. I remember first following podcasting because it was kind of intertwined with the rise of RSS, even though RSS and feed readers were initially more tied to blogging. But I thought it was an exciting time. You know, it was cool that the internet was adopting this shared infrastructure for subscriptions. And I was definitely a big Google reader head. Um, but there weren't great podcast apps, you know, because there were no apps, no phones, just desktop progs, programs. Um, so I, I guess I wasn't that hot on podcasting initially. I remember sitting at my desk at the original athletics office in like you know, 2004, trying to get This American Life to sync on my iPod, thinking it was amazing, though, that I could load what seemed like every episode to this little device. But it was a lot of rigmarole getting syncing to work. You know, you had to actually be very interested in this and kind of techie. So you had to have your computer like automatically download new shows, then plug in the iPod, wait for it to sync over... Uh, I guess it was like Firewire, you know. I'd like to go on the record right now and say Firewire is the best computer cord that I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, it's very strong. When I'm plugging and playing my peripherals, <laughs> I just really prefer Firewire. What's a USB anyway? Universal serial bus. See, you just said that and I heard it, but I have no recollection of what you just said. <laughs> but Firewire, you remember, yeah. Yeah, plus Firewire barely worked anywhere, so it was very premium. It was, dare I say, exclusive. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, RIP, I guess. You know? Okay, all right, all right, all right. So podcasting hit an early adopter like you in 04. How old would our fictional 19-year-old have been then? So fictionally born in 98, so six years old uh, at the dawn of podcasting. Right. So so basically their whole life podcasting has been a thing. I wonder actually how 19-year-olds regard radio now, you know? Kids today might only listen to the radio, I, I guess, when they're in an Uber. Maybe kids today think of radio like we felt about the, like the, the telegraph. Kids in 2017 are to radio what people in our generation in, you know, 2000 were to probably like typewriters yeah like like in 2000 typewriters still existed and some people still use them aaron still had one when we uh you know we're first dating you know yeah like a demonstrably obsolete technology that just keeps lingering but i don't think that's radio in 2017 like we live in new york so we forget how much time people spend in cars how there's still nothing easier than just turning the radio on and like pop stars still dominate hey, radio hey cool writers were still fucking with typewriters in the year 2000 though the Olympia Report Deluxe Electric <laughs> hasn't gunshot. True. I mean, that was like Greg Kinnear's like whole character in You've Got Mail. You are a lone reed. 
one of the great films. I am a lone read. Lone read. Anyway, I, I totally agree that the ideal candidate to join the public announcement production team would be a young person, someone hungry, someone kind of weird. Sure, it wouldn't hurt if they identified as the other, you know? And definitely smart. Technical, smart like you, but not a full public radio nerd. Uh, not an aspiring EDM producer. So it'd be someone with pretty good taste. Or an absence of taste. True. I mean, that could be like a void we could fill, you know? Because taste is one part talent and one part time. Uh, you have to be naturally gifted, as we are, mm -hmm. and you have to have been alive for a while. As we've been. Yeah, now that reminds me, though. Uh, I don't think we should exclude old heads entirely. No, I, we, we can't exclude older folks, you know. Besides, like, that would be illegal. That's discrimination. Mm, ageism. Mm. But, you know, they could also be really fucking old. Like, that'd be actually fine with me. But is it illegal to say that we prefer a young person? Uh, you've actually run ops, so I think you know the rules. Yes, like, I think even just preferring is bad form as well, so. Even if this isn't a full-time job. I yeah. thought it was more or less lawless once you go freelance. I think when it comes to official job requirements, you can't inquire at all about someone's age. But this is just a podcast, though. Like, we're just having a conversation right now. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, right. Yeah, this, this is not a job post. No. We're, we're just having a casual combo. And what gets said is just sort of random chatter. Yeah, yeah in a sense. Yeah. Uh, we could just be talking, and I could mention uh, that there's no way that we're working with another 35-year-old white male. <laughs> like, we're just all set on that. Right. True, but I, th I think if you said it like that, like a, a lawyer would probably flag that. Okay, all right, all right. Edit point, edit point. Uh, you know, I'll think of a more artful way of saying the same thing, you know, just, just, just in the course of our casual conversation here. Cool, cool. Uh, actually, you know, let's get into the requirements. Sure, yeah. Oh, what is that? Oh, oh, this? I made a damn list. What's that say? I'm looking at a document that appears to be authored in, like, I don't know, notepad, like bubble jet printing. It says requirements. <laughs> Can I see that? No, no, no. I'm going to read it right now. <laughs> wow. All right. I, I'm excited. You ready? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, uh, you comfortable? Need more water? You seen this brand? No, no. The package looks very, well, what does it say there? Ionized hydration, baby. <laughs> This is the best water. I'm going to start ordering it for the office because we need like a beautiful glass enclosure for the water. <laughs> I don't need, you know. It's uh, not for you. It's for me. No, I mean. <laughs> I, look, I know, I know. New York Tap is your brand. I understand. I appreciate. I celebrate. You celebrate water uh, diplomacy. Okay. All right. Requirement number one. You must possess a general proficiency with audio programs, specifically Logic Pro X. That, that's right, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what if they like Pro Tools? I mean, sure, but like I refuse to like have a dongle sticking out of my computer. So like I will never use Pro Tools, you understand? So so if they use Pro Tools, we'd have to we'd have to as well in, in order for us to jump into editing. We would, uh, but we won't because we will be using logic. Okay, all right. Well that's important to mention. Requirement two. If you use Pro Tools, you're out. <laughs> no, no, like if they know Pro Tools, then they basically already know Logic. So that's like, that's not at all a deal breaker. So it's all the same stuff. Similarly, similarly, would you say if you know Logic, you already know Pro Tools? Yeah, yeah. Logic is basically the same thing, uh, except that it only costs 200 instead of asking me to like give um, DigiDesign, well, excuse me, Avid Audio. 20 bucks a month or whatever for like the privilege of having a USB dongle hanging off the side of my computer in order to do anything. Even a Firewire dongle would be unacceptable. <laughs> They're uh, my ports 
my peripherals. My you God, know. my God. <laughs> DigiDesign will eventually accept that they're a software company in decline, and hopefully they'll stop punishing customers. So fuck Pro Tools, and also fuck Adobe. While Even we're Adobe? At the, the company... Upon which you built your professional of course, life? Of, of course, fuck Adobe. Like, a little bit anyway. And by the way, like, I give Macromedia more credit for my early professional development. Jeez, well, the Flash years were very, very good to you. Adobe has always been, like, the big corporate... Well, to be fair, like, Photoshop 3.0 or whatever was how I got started. But, like, I always resented that price. So like, $600 for just Photoshop in the 90s? When you're in seventh grade, like that's preposterous. Like who you could buy a car for six hundred dollars. Yes, yes, but you weren't buying Photoshop. You were um, downloading it. Look, in the course of my career, I've paid Adobe tens of thousands. Okay, so like, so we're square. And yes, as a teen, I downloaded a spectacular amount of commercial software. Let's say on a trial basis. As a participant in the early era AOL wares scene. For that story, please refer to our episode on Jay's teenage spam career. A, a popular episode, by the way. The greatest hit. It's hard to love Adobe, but at least they don't require their users to have a fucking USB stick hanging out of their computer. Like if they went that far, I truly believe that people would start moving on to all those like newer indie graphics progs like the Pixel Mater or however you say that. Acorn, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know what? I'll, ju I'll just have to trust you there. I have no idea what you're talking about. But let's get back to logic here. Like, here's the other thing about that. Like, out of the box, logic includes everything you need to edit a class A pod like ours. It's got compressors, EQ, reverb, delay, 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 which we rarely use, by the way. I mean, we basically only use compressors and EQ, but the ones that come with logic are quite nice. Whereas Pro Tools, like, people have to have all these third party plugins for everything. Like, you have to spend even more in order for Pro Tools to be ready for professional use. And I'm not against third-party plugins or whatever, at least when you don't have to have a dongle. Naturally. But what I appreciate about Logic is that we can spend $200 one time and put Logic on someone's computer, sync them with our Dropbox, and you know, then they can open an entire session. Like everything's already there, so there's no, you know, there's no more fiddling with all this other stuff. Okay, all right, so requirement number two. You have to be smart. <laughs> Isn't that a little broad, you know? No, it's not, man. We've been doing this long enough uh, for me to know editing this pod, any, any pod, is complicated. Everything is a thing, from the timing and pacing to how ideas are cut together, particularly when you have to cut out all the garbage where someone's trying to find the idea, like, as they speak. It's true. Yeah, like, tasteful deletion is 99% of the job. Exactly. You have to know what to delete, and you have to know what to keep. Sure. And that work isn't at all technical. And for the record, I am not a technical person, yet I'm perfectly capable of determining what to cut and what to keep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, because you're smart. It's just about being smart, not educated. I, I mean, you can be educated, but that's that's more your business. <laughs> your brain just needs to fire quick. Yes, yeah, smart, sharp. That, that's all I'm talking about. I, mean, I don't want to dwell on this because this one will be obvious to the smart person listening that will actually want to reach out. A smart person like knows they're smart. Of course they do. All right, finally, uh, last but not least, requirement number three. Actually, I have at least one requirement, unless this is the Bowie thing. Oh, oh yeah, right, right. I forgot about Bowie, but and I apologize. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, edit point. L let me take that again. I actually, leave this one in. Let the people hear how fucking professional operates. All right. <clears throat> number three, the most important requirement. You got to be cool. <laughs> Like, just be cool, man. Just be cool. Just be cool. Would it be all right if I sort of like expanded on that theme, perhaps with a little more context? Uh, I, I think it would be better just to keep moving. <laughs> okay, okay. Requirement number four. The final requirement is related to how to get in touch with us. How to apply. 
Yes. And this is just, well, like something I've always done in job posts. And you've posted some jobs in your time. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like you post a job and you get an avalanche of responses, like particularly if it's a cool job. And uh, because so few people are smart or cool, you know, you have a lot of people applying that like they just don't even meet the requirements. Swings and misses. Like you could be hiring for an intense job, like something very technical where you need a ton of experience to even do the job at all. Like what? Like what? Well, it could be anything. Like, uh, as an example, like a front-end developer with experience writing uh, state management systems for single-page web apps. Wow, wow. Now, with that example, like, you have no idea what that meant, right? Right, right. Well, imagine if the majority of people applying for your job also had no idea what that meant, but they're just blindly applying to job postings. Like, lots of swings, mm, lots of misses. Mm, okay. So, like, that's the first problem, the signal-to-noise ratio. The second problem is that it's hard to, well, how do I say it? Like, over email, it's hard to determine who's actually interested in working with you. Like, it's hard to determine who's smart, like, who's detail-oriented, who's cool, and, like, who can write a cohesive, original cover letter email. Because a lot of folks can put together a sort of like stock cover letter email that uses whatever weird corporate speak and jargon they think you want to hear. Yeah, sure. You get a smart friend to punch up your resume, tighten up the email. Exactly. So you push them off script a little. Like you have to open up the writing mm -hmm. assignment. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. at the end of every job post, I would make it clear that anyone reaching out should include some mention of David Bowie. How would you say that? Actually, I had to change it to just say like thoughts on Bowie because like there was one applicant that like, had like a very uh, pro email. Like they seemed very legit, but like at the very end, it just said, and as per your request, I would like to mention David Bowie. That's it. Like that's how he ended the email. You asked me to mention Bowie. I mentioned him. And I wrote back like, hey, we appreciate your email, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, like... While you did technically mention Bowie, we were hoping for, you know, a bit more. What do you say? I don't really have an opinion about David Bowie. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Like, you don't have an opinion about David Bowie? Like, just get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't, I don't care if you like Bowie or not. But either way, everyone should at least have an opinion. I mean, you've seen yeah. Labyrinth, Zoolander. Yeah. You can't walk around without hearing, like, globally recognizable Bowie sounds. Yeah. So this system worked well for you. It did. So, you know, I've always stuck with it. But it doesn't have to be Bowie, though. Like, it could be anything, really. No, but. no. I think I think Bowie's perfect. So, so let me make sure I understand. Um, interested parties should reach out. Via email. And, and when they email, they should be sure to express some thoughts on David Bowie. Is that it? Yes, exactly. Uh, well, that's a good start. But I, but I think we should up the ante just a little. Oh? Yeah, with a little quiz. Mm. You recently turned me on to a particular Bowie record that is surprisingly strong. Like, like I didn't expect to like 90s Bowie. Sure. But you know what? I'm always learning new things. And I really liked both of the songs he covered on that record. There's a cover of that, uh, you know, well, I, I shouldn't say too much because this is a quiz. Mm. What I will say is that we'll be ending the show with two interrelated songs. One composition, two executions? And I think in the age of Shazam and allmusic.com, I don't think there's any excuse to not be able to connect the dots. Sure. So when you get in touch, please tell us a little story about the tracks that take us out. It's easy. It should be obvious. I'm actually pretty excited. Like, I do love this tune. You know? Cue it up, bro. Start with the Legends version, not the disgrace. No more interviews for man. What a sadness. But, you know, that's not the point. The point is that we'll be thinking of you out there, you, aspiring editor, imagining a brighter future, knowing it's going to happen for you someday. Same. Oh, here we go. 
a little reverb on that. Listening to Public Announcement. I'm James Ellis. And I'm Chris Black. Uh, today's show is produced and edited by the god, Jim Nicholas. But just imagine if we said your name here. Wow. That would be incredible, wouldn't it? Today's show is produced and edited by the god, Jane Doe. That would feel good, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, what about mixing, or is that just sort of automatic at this point? Sort of automatic. The template is very refined. And same for mastering. I feel like both of those really tightened up this last year. So yeah, like mixing, mastering, that's not where we need as much help. But, you know, if Jane Doe can outmix and master, then, you know, by all means. Got it, got it, got it. You know, it's a world of opportunity. Put on the fire. This is a beautiful murder. This is really nice. When two monsters of industry collide. Hit a point. It's it's truly the best. It's it's our favorite. It's literally our favorite. <laughs> 